We're so glad to have Zane to play a game for us this morning. He'll be going back to New York here in a day or two. We're just glad to have him with us. Now, I've been told that Miss Ruth Duckworth is in here, and I have not. There she is. Okay. There she is. So glad to see her on the back after being out for a while. So we're so grateful to see her. Uh, just a reminder, everything goes back to normal this week, or as normal as we get. And so uh, Wednesday night activities and all of the above. Am I right, Donna? Yes, I see the hand of authority waving at me. So that is a, that's a good thing. So we look forward. I'm, at the end, I just want to remind you that our guys will be out in the uh, vestibule to receive offerings and also in the black boxes. Um, so if you'll remember that at the end of the service today. If you're new with us today or with us for the first time in a long time, Brother Joey, he's the gentle giant right there, right there. And uh, he'll be out in the, at the welcome desk. If you'd like to know more about us, he can tell you everything you ever needed to know. And we'll look forward to that. Pray for the choir as we sing this morning. I w I'm so excited to hear them sing today because even though it's only been a week, it seems like a month to me. We've not been having rehearsals and we'll get back to that this next week. But this morning, I'm just excited to be in the presence of you and to be in the presence of the lion and the lamb. We're going to share that song today.
Amen. As the praise team is coming forward, would you just stand together? We're going to sing a real familiar chorus this morning as we join our voices together. Oh 
just listen. There is a name I call in my troubles. There is a word I speak to my fears. There is a power to silence my worries. Let it ring out for the whole world to hear. Jesus, your name is a light in the close your eyes and very softly I want you to say the name of Jesus Jesus say it again louder Jesus one more time Jesus it's in your name Lord that we come here today in Jesus name amen you may be seated 
Well, Happy New Year. Oh, it's so good to see each of you today. You know what? I know that you just sat down. But I'm going to make you stand back up. You got to shake at least two hands, hug at least one neck, and tell at least four people Happy New Year. All right? Do it right now. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'm counting. Chip, how are you, buddy? Happy New Year, buddy. Bless you. Love you. Happy New Year, Arena. God bless you. Happy New Year, Miss Susan. Love you. Bless you. Oh, you look better and you sound better. Hey, while you're standing, reach over and grab your Bible, all right? Grab your Bible. Look with me at 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. I love it when you do that. I'm telling you, from here, you just, it makes you look better, you sound better. Did you feel better? Absolutely. Four people felt better. That's great. All right. That is great. But I, uh, I, I really, to say struggle, maybe that's, that's too strong of a term, but, but I've just kind of vacillated back and forth for the last several days, just kind of really thinking, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to preach? Where is it that you want me to be? And, and, and honestly, I, I really don't like just getting in the pulpit and just saying something. All right, that's, that's one of the most nerve-wracking things. If you're not sure that the Lord's in it, and you're not sure that this is where he wants you to be, you don't have confidence in that, it is a horrible feeling standing in the pulpit just saying something. It's a much different attitude when you know that you're getting in the pulpit with something to say. They're two totally different things. And so I'm just thankful uh, for several cups of coffee and the Spirit of the Lord this morning. And I do believe that I'm here with something to say. And it may seem uh, rather odd that on a New Year's Sunday that I would preach out of 2 Timothy. But I, I think that's exactly where we are supposed to be today. 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, I'm going to begin reading in verse 1, um, just, just for the sake of context. But 3 and 4 is really where I just want to spend some time this morning. If you got that Bible or that device, hold it up and say this with me. This is the Bible. It is God's holy, infallible, inerrant, perfect, life-giving, life-changing word. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Listen to these next two verses. Share in sufferings as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. 
Father, thank you for today. What a sweet day. And Lord, I just thank you for the songs that we've been able to sing. God, I thank you for the moments of fellowship already that we've been able to enjoy. God, just seeing people that we, that we love and that we care deeply for. And Lord, just to be able to, to shake a hand, to hug a neck, just to, to share a, a warm greeting in the name of Jesus. Lord, it's, honestly, we could leave even now, and it's just been refreshing and good. Lord, thank you for that. Lord, may we never take for granted being together as a family. Lord, I know that we have many who are traveling and um, God, they're, they're seeing extended family in different places and we pray that you would just watch over them, Lord, and keep them safe and God, bring them home. Lord, we pray for us as we are gathered here right now in this moment that Holy Spirit, you would come and allow this word uh, to just enrich our hearts today. And so, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to take control, that we would clearly hear the voice of Jesus, and that we would understand on this first Sunday of the year what we've truly been called to, and that, God, we would do what we do for your glory and for your glory alone. And so, Lord, you take this moment and you do with it what you will, and we will give you praise, we will give you glory, we will give you honor for it all. For we ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I, I don't know about you. My, my favorite, I love going to the beach. All right, I love the beach. I love the coast, and Pat's more of a mountain person, and she like we, but we like it all, and we like to travel, and but she really does love Charleston and the Charleston area. So if we are going to go to the coast, that's one of her favorite places. And a couple of years ago, we were there, and uh, we were just kind of celebrating an anniversary, and we we had all kind of things planned. We were we were uh, we had been taking shag lessons. Can you, could you imagine me out on the dance floor, all right? For, for years, people would say, I just don't think it's right for Baptists to dance. And there was always something deep in my soul thinking, I just kind of like dancing, though. I grew up in a household where, you know, it was kind of like, you know, it was kind of taboo. You know, you don't, Baptists don't dance. You can tap one toe, but you can't, if you do both, it's dancing, right? And I decided years ago, if I get to heaven and find out that it was okay to dance, I'm going to whoop somebody, all right? I, I'm, I, I'm not having it. So we, we just, just for fun, we took some shag lessons, and then we had three or four other couples that went with us, and we just had fun. And so we were on an anniversary trip, and we were going to go on one of those little cruises, you know, the little night cruise, and there's supposed to be a shag group that's going to play and all that kind of stuff. And so we, we did that, and we had some fun, and then we, we were 
kind of touring and looking at the USS Yorktown, and there was a there there was a, an event that was happening there, and there was lots of laughter and music, and there was food. Matter of fact, you could have used the the Baptist motto on the USS Yorktown: food, fun, and what fellowship. That's right. But that's not why that vessel was built. Now think about that for a minute. That vessel was built to fight, right? It was built to fight. It was, it was built to defend. It was built to protect. And, and you know what I think can happen in church life sometimes? We, we can become so comfortable with what we think church is supposed to be, we forget that we can choose comfort over combat. And really when you think about it, God has saved us and brought us into this spiritual warfare, this ram between, between the, the host of heaven and the host of hell. And honestly, even today, much of what we are about today, you could say it's about spiritual warfare. And so as we kind of set the tone maybe for this year, I really want you to think about who you are, how that you've been saved, what has God called us to. Let's not get comfortable. Let's remember that God has not called us to the comfort zone. God has called us to a spiritual combat zone. And there is a work for each of us to do. So here is a seasoned man of God speaking to his young protege. He, he is mentoring him in the things of faith. And he begins to teach him. And, and now remember, Paul knows that his days are numbered. You will remember that he's riding in chains, right? He's in chains. He knows that Nero is breathing down his neck. He realizes that in just a few days, his head is going to be severed from his body. And when you think in those terms, whatever the last thing a man would write to his mentee should be worth hearing. It should, it should cause each of us to want to know, what did he say? What did he leave behind? And so what you have in chapter 2 of 2 Timothy, beginning in verses 3 and 4, he begins to liken our walk with God as being a good soldier of faith. And he begins by, by the duties. Look, look again at verse 3. Share in sufferings as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. King James uses the word warreth. If you have a New American Standard, it uses the word active service. If you have a New King James, it will use the phrase engaged in warfare. In other words, it speaks to duty. It speaks to function. It speaks to our responsibility as a good soldier of the gospel. And I really like the word function. 
function that we really are in a spiritual war. And because of that, Paul watched these soldiers, and he was, he was chained to these soldiers day and night. And so these men knew their function. These men knew to stay focused. These men were extremely faithful to their role. One writer said this, Well done will only be said to those who have done well. And God is reminding maybe us today, right here at Popular Springs, what is our function as the people of God? What should our focus be as the people of God? And may I submit to you, if it's anything less than the gospel, we're out of focus. Right? Is this on... Anything less than the gospel would be out of focus. And so he is saying, I want you to understand we're not called to the comfort zone. We're called to a combat zone. And because we're going to do as unto Jesus, there may be some hard times ahead. And these soldiers were used to difficult days. They were used to the hardships. They understood about difficulties and hard labors. And so just as these soldiers accepted suffering as a normal part of being a soldier, so should we as God's people expect and understand that we may suffer because of the cause of the gospel. And when I say suffer here, I'm not talking about disease. I'm not talking even about broken relationships. I'm talking about a difficulty, a suffering that is a direct result because you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, I, I know that, listen, we grew up in the South and we brag about this being the Bible Belt. But ladies and gentlemen, this is not our great grandma, South Carolina. This is not even our great grandma and grandpa, Spartanburg County. If you haven't noticed, things are changing and Paul is trying to encourage this young minister of the gospel to expect some things. And so Timothy is expected to share. He's expected to defend the gospel. And, and as he does this, the Bible says that, that, that you may suffer some persecution, the message of the gospel is not going to be acceptable in a society that is growing more and more politically correct. Do you understand that the gospel confronts sin? Our society wants to accommodate sin. The gospel judges sin. Our society wants to judge no one. The gospel says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to the Father but through him. Our society claims that there are many ways to get to God. I, I, I have to be very careful here, but uh, I, I read bumper stickers. Do y'all read bumper stickers? I'm fascinated by them. I'm not saying that they're divine, but, but they're just moments that I see some, and I, there are several that I do not like, and one of those is the bumper sticker that says, coexist. You ever seen that one? And you get all the different, you know, religious symbols. There's a Greek word for that kind of bumper sticker. <laughs> all right? 
There's no truth in that whatsoever. And so maybe it's a good thing on the first Sunday of this year to publicly proclaim that we as the good soldiers of Jesus Christ right here at Popper Springs believe and still believe and will always believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And we cannot be ashamed of that. Will we be challenged? I think in coming days, we are going to be challenged over things that you and I never thought we would be challenged on. And I think Paul is setting the table. And I think it's a clear word for each of us today. As a matter of fact, even in the next chapter, chapter 3, verse 12, you will find these words, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, I got to tell you something, friend. I don't enjoy persecution. I don't enjoy criticism. If you enjoy criticism, you are a nut, right? I mean, that doesn't make sense. So I don't enjoy it. But the question today is this, are you willing to endure it for the sake of Jesus? Are you willing to suffer whatever may come because we are going to sell out to the only gospel that, that can save and change and that is the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm not pleased when a friend of mine is offended because I share the gospel. I don't, I don't take that as a, a notch in my holster because I've made somebody upset. No, it breaks my heart. But this much I do know, as a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ, saved, called, enlisted, I will boldly proclaim the gospel no matter what. And by the way, that's just not my duty, that's your duty as well. Every person who names the name of Jesus, it's not just about the pastor, it's not just about the staff, it's all of us. Everybody who is saved is a soldier, young. You are a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ if you know him. The not so young. You see how I did that there? Not so young, that sounds softer, doesn't it? You could be as old as Scott McClellan, all right? But it's all of our duty. It's all of our duty. There are no retirees. And, and I, this is critically important right now in the season of this fellowship. You need to hear this. With all the love I have in my heart, I want to tell you something. There are no veterans in God's army. There's no place to retire. There's no reserve. You don't get discharged. You can't go AWOL. It is active service for all of us. And you want to see the church grow by leaps and bounds, then that means it's going to take all of us understanding that God has called each of us to this. So there's the functions. Share in sufferings as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Verse 4 says this, no soldier gets entangled. Entangled. In other words, Paul is saying, listen, here the duties, the function, it's all about the gospel. It's all about the gospel. All about Jesus. 
We, we don't, there, there's no plan B. It's Jesus or nothing. But then he says, you've got to also be careful not to get distracted. There, there's some dangers that are there. He, he, and he uses the phrase, don't entangle yourself. It's a passive voice. It means, it means to weave. It means to entangle. It means to involve in, to snare. The word literally means to catch hold of a garment. So if you can imagine, I'm walking really fast by you and Scott reaches over and grabs my garment and I stop because he's got a hold of my garment. That is the picture of that word there. It's something that ensnares. It's something that, that, that grabs a hold of. It, it's a picture word in the Greek that means that your progress has been stopped. It takes away the freedom to move and to operate. I, I probably have told you this. Sometimes I don't remember what I say and what I don't say. Um, most of what I do, if it's way out of character, I have to be careful around here because y'all make videos about it. And so, <laughs> so I have to be careful. But when I was a kid, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of stuff. I was poor. The best thing about being poor the way I grew up is I didn't know I was poor. If you're poor and don't know it, it's a great life, right? If you got nothing, nobody can take anything from you, Amen. I mean, it's a pretty simple life. And so we didn't have a lot of stuff and we just kind of lived and, you know, I mean, it was just imagination and adventure. And, you know, you started playing at sun up and you played all the way to sundown. And so there were two creeks on, in this area where I grew up and, and us boys, I mean, when you, you can only play so much football and you can only play so much basketball. You can, you can only ride your bikes for so long. And so there were, there were these hours that were filled in the woods and on those creek banks and we would have dirt clod fights. Now see, if you're at my, you know, my generation, you get that. And if you're a little bit younger, I know you may not understand what I just said. Let me explain it to you really, really quick, okay? I know it's time to go. We'll, we'll go eat real quick. But, but, but dirt clods are the most amazing things. I mean, they're free. First of all, they're free, right? They're free. And so you would go by a creek bank and you just kind of pull up this loose dirt and there would be literally, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like, a clod of dirt, Right? And here's what you did with this. The goal of a dirt clod fight is this. You're trying to hit somebody in the head with this and not get hit with one yourself, right? It was the most wonderful thing. And you would just have hour after hour and you're throwing and you're, but then you got to be, you got to be able to run, right? you got to be able to run. you got to dodge. And so you're running through the woods, and all of a sudden, what would happen every now and then? If you were not careful where you were and you lost your bearings, you would run through a briar patch. Anybody run through a briar patch? The briars win. And so you're running, you've got steam, you've got momentum, and you're running. But when those briars grab, when they sink into those jeans, what do they do? They make you stop right there on the spot. That is the picture word here. You with me? 
That's the picture word here that Paul is using to Timothy, that a good soldier is all about the gospel, that he's willing to suffer for the sake of Jesus Christ. And one thing that a soldier has to be careful of is anything that would stop his forward progress. Now, let me just tell you, there's only one thing that can stop a believer's forward progress. You know what that is? Somebody tell me, what is it? Say it loud. Sin. Sin. The only thing that can stop our forward progress is to fall to sin. Why? We, we've been set free. But even though we've been set free, if sin enters back into our life, it may not break our sonship, but it can affect our fellowship. It does have a way of affecting our enjoyment of our freedom. And so Paul is saying, don't get caught up in this secondary stuff. Maybe you've read this book, Good is the Enemy of Best. I even like what Watchman Nee said better years ago. Watchman Nee made this statement. Evil is evil and good is evil if it's not the goodness of God. So he says there's this disruption that can take place. So watch, the, watch, watch this progression here. No soldier gets entangled in what? In civilian pursuits or civilian life. Now, you've got to stay with me. Here's why that's important. You were created by God and for God. We connect in him. We find our purpose, our life in him. We are called to be an army of Jesus followers. And to get caught up in civilian life is to lose our focus. And so he, Paul knew that these soldiers were so focused on what they were tasked to do that, that if, if, they, if they didn't, it may cost them their very Life. And so he understood by watching them that they would deny themselves to stay faithful to the commander-in-chief. And ladies and gentlemen, that is exactly what I believe Paul is saying here to Timothy. You have got to learn to deny yourself and you follow your commander-in-chief. You follow Jesus no matter what the cost. Don't get caught up in civilian life. Don't miss out on the very best that God has for you. And here's the deal. It's not that the affairs of everyday life are necessarily sinful things. Our problem is we are dedicated to the affairs of everyday life. I'm, I'm afraid we're a generation that has made a God out of the affairs of everyday life. You become entangled in your career, and you may not have time for Jesus. You become entangled in social events, you may not have time for Jesus. You, you become entangled in so many other things that we just kind of only have a limited amount of time and attention. And if we're not careful, the very thing that we are called to begins to be the thing that we put to the side. And here's what happens. We, we give way at the expense of the gospel. So being a Christian just simply means that we put Jesus first. You put 
Jesus first. Share in sufferings as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So Paul sees these soldiers and they realize that they do what they do because they've been enlisted and they listen to their commander in chief. Is that not any different for us as born again children of Jesus? That he is the one who enlists. I don't know about you. I don't, you, I got enlisted. I wasn't looking for Jesus on June 11th, 1978, but I do know this, Jesus came looking for me. And it was Jesus who saved me. It was Jesus who changed me. And so he, he is the one who enlisted me. And so the aim of my life, the aim of your life should be what? Exactly what Paul said. The aim should be to please the one who enlisted him. It's an interesting word. It means to be fit. It's a word that describes something so well trained that when you look at it, you are absolutely amazed. Our oldest son, Seth, for a number of years, just fell in love with horses. At that time, I was pastoring in rural North Carolina, so there was a lot of pasture land, and folks had either, you know, chicken houses, and there were cows, and, or people had horses, and so we had some friends that had some horses, and Seth went over and started riding, and the next thing you know, all of a sudden, they're saying, hey, this, this kid really loves horses, and we see some potential in him. I would like to train Seth, and I'm like, Wow. Okay, and so Seth started riding horses and learning everything about horses, and then he started doing this thing called Versage. That's just a fancy, schmancy way to ride a horse. Versage, you know. That's when you put a little spritz of lime in your water, you know. And so, I mean, I was blown away. And so the more he would ride, the more he would compete, he started winning all these. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even making this up, Pat. I'm telling the truth, right? I mean, he was getting blue ribbon here and a blue ribbon there and first place here. I mean, now we started traveling. So y'all, some of y'all have kids and they're, in, they're, they're doing whatever. Y'all know what it is to travel and all that kind of stuff, right? You mortgage everything just about it. Man, we're riding all over the country and, and pulling these horses and the trailers. And, man, he's winning all these. And I'm, I, I'm like, dude, this is kind of awesome. This is really amazing. And these beautiful, amazing horses. And, and you just stand in amazement watching how these things are trained and how they operate. I mean, you just, it is unbelievable. And I looked at him one day and I said, son, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you. I can't believe what you're doing with you. He said, well, Dad, I love it. Now, I thought I was going to get this thing about, I love these horses. I said, son, why do you love it so much? He said, Dad, have you noticed? I'm the only guy that rides Versace. <laughs> he didn't give a rip about them horses. It was the girls. <laughs> But at least I was in amazement. <laughs> well, the, word, the picture word there literally means that God would look down from heaven and go, angels, shh, look. 
Look at my people called Popular Springs. Look at them. They are so focused. They understand their function. They are so incredibly faithful to me. Look at them. Doesn't really matter what your neighbor thinks. Doesn't matter what the church down the road thinks. Doesn't matter what our state convention thinks. Really doesn't matter what I think. Hey, let's just keep going. Doesn't matter what you think. All that really matters is what God thinks. Amen? And, and to think that we could serve him in such a way that our chief aim would be nothing more and nothing less just to please him. Because that's all that matters. That's all that matters. I'll end with this. Years ago, years ago, I, gosh, this is way back. This is high school days. And, and I, I didn't go to any, any uh, prom or anything at Greer. But I did go to a Christmas ball once. And I got up enough nerve to ask this girl to go to a Christmas ball. And, and, and uh, so I found out that when, when that kind of stuff happens, kind of the girl takes the lead. I, I didn't know that. And so she told me what kind of tux to get, what color the tux needed to be, because it would match her dress and what color flowers she wanted. And so I thought, okay. And so I go to Thomas and Sons over in Greenville, right? And I get fitted and, and uh, he says, would you like to see the tux? And I said, no, because in my mind, I mean, it didn't, didn't really matter. I just thought, no, I don't need to see it. And, but, but I'll just tell you real quick, this is what this is. It, it, it really bothered me after I went and picked it up because I, I don't know why I didn't realize this, but um, it was a green tux. Now, not like green. It was a kind of the olive, you know, the olive green. Because she had a gold dress. And in her mind, gold and green, that, that oh, I guess on that color wheel, that went really good together, right? I put that thing on. Now, my hair's turned a lot browner now, but it, it used to be like red, okay? Now, just think about that for a second. Red head, green tux. I look like a 165-pound olive. I didn't want to leave my house. I didn't want to get in the car. I drove all the way over to her house. I mean, I didn't want anybody to see me. I was so embarrassed when I got out. I looked like a whoop dog as I walked up to the porch. I rang the doorbell. Her dad come to the door, very nice guy. He didn't laugh at me or anything like that. And then, and then she kind of came down her little stairs. And here's what she said. Because, I mean, I was so defeated. I just couldn't believe it. I was just, just ugh. And she, she just said this. She said, you look nice. Now, at that moment, okay, I'm 17 years old. At that moment, the one who mattered the most was pleased with what she saw. And I went from this to like, yes. 
What made the difference? Seriously, what made the difference? Because the only one that mattered liked it, right? The same with Jesus. When we do what we do as unto him, and he is honored and he is glorified, that is all that matters. If Jesus wants to change everything in us and around us, he has the right to do it. And when we obey and when we do what we do as unto him, and our one true aim is just to glorify him, that's really all that matters. So Lord Jesus today, as we start out with a, a new year, I pray that deep in our hearts that, Lord, you, your call, your gospel, the, the function that you have given the church to join you in and pleasing you in that work will be the only thing that will matter to us. That, Lord, we would hold nothing back. That, God, we would do exactly what you say and how you say it. God, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel. That we would be more concerned about souls than we have ever been. That we would be, God, more concerned about pleasing you and identifying with your scriptures than we have ever been. That, God, you would be so willing to choose us, God, in this work in such a way that as our faithfulness to you would even catch the attention of heaven. And that, God, a, a world would stand in amazement at what you are doing through a group of people who dare to love you and trust you enough to say, Jesus, our only aim will be pleasing you. And Lord, may that be true. May that be true in my own life. God, may that be true in the life of this fellowship. Lord, maybe someone here today doesn't know you. And God, today would be the day, God, that you would birth someone in your forever family. God, maybe someone here today needs to, to become a part of this fellowship. And Lord, we, the, the doors of this church will be open. And God, we pray that, Lord, we believe that you will send workers, God, into the harvest. Lord, maybe there's someone here today, and even now the Holy Spirit has just made them keenly aware that, Jesus, you've not been the priority. You've not been our primary pursuit. And that, Lord, even that today, God, that you would, you would change someone's thinking today. God, maybe, maybe there's a believer here today in sin. And even though we talk about amazing grace and we talk about the freedom that we have in Jesus, Lord, there could be a believer here today and they're so, so steeped in sin that they 
can't experience that freedom. And I pray that even today there would be, God, just repentance and brokenness. And that, God, anybody who is here today that would be willing to uncover their sin and confess it to you, God, you would be willing to cleanse and to forgive that sin and to restore that person in right relationship to you and that they could enjoy their freedom again. And so, Lord, we just place all this in your hands. And, Jesus, we want to watch you work. And so we trust you today. We trust you for it all, and we pray this in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, and our praise team is going to lead us in a time of invitation. And maybe you need to make some kind of public response. If you need Jesus, nothing would thrill me more than to lead, lead you to Jesus today. If you want to join this fellowship, maybe you just need to come and pray and just seek the Lord. Whatever God is telling you to do, just do it for no other reason except for Jesus. Trust him. Trust him.
bless you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today and uh, trust that the Lord is, is speaking to us in a very clear way. And uh, we've got something to celebrate today. I want you to meet Mike and Sue Monroe. And uh, you're going to get your exercise in today, aren't you, sister? Right. Up and down, up and down. But what a sweet, sweet couple. And they have been worshiping here at Poplar Springs since October. And uh, they both believe that it's the Lord's will for them to unite here, transfer a letter from uh, Southside Baptist Church, another great church in our city, uh, but believe that it's the Lord's will for them to be here. And uh, just, uh, I don't know if you've met them, but you need to get to know them. Uh, former IMB missionaries and have served the Lord for many, many years and now want to bring all that God's doing in them and through them to, to be a part of this fellowship. And so we just rejoice in that today. And they've already met Joey and going to get connected in PS 101. And so, uh, so we, everybody, we just need to really understand why we do what we do. Amen. And uh, so they are so willing and excited to be a part of that. And so uh, I just want you just to show your love and appreciation for this decision and just welcome Mike and Sue this morning to Poplar Springs. Would you do that? Amen. 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 Uh, I just encourage you to come by and love on them and speak to them. Anything else, brother? We good? Well... Listen, Happy New Year. I hope you have the best year ever. Amen. Amen. And uh, so you just be dismissed in the goodness of our awesome Savior, the Lord Jesus. God bless you. You're dismissed.